finishes him. How about that? One. What a hit. Falls free on the ground. South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Way to the end zone, and Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. You got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Hello and welcome back to Stereo Bulls. This will probably be a little quick episode, feeling a little under the weather, but I am feeling better than Brian Harson, who was finally mercifully fired at Auburn. Yeah, it's about damn time. Took a little bit there, but I think they finally just said, fuck it, get him out of here. Yeah, once they brought in that new AD, I knew it was only a matter of time. Yeah. Um, so it's just interesting. It'll just be interesting to see how it plays out and who they target. Uh, I mean, Kiffin's the big name, obviously. Um, I don't know if he'll leave Ole Miss for the mess that is Auburn, but they've got enough money that anything is possible. Um so yeah, that's going to be the fun one to watch as the coaching carousel ramps up as the season winds down here. So, uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. And uh, secondly, last night the playoff rankings are out. They're all pretty normal, except LSU is too high. Come on. That's not this at all. Was, No, not at all. They were, they were dead in the water two weeks ago. And then all of a sudden they're like they're because they're an SEC team and they've got a two next to their uh, two losses. They're like they're a top ten team. Like that's a joke. Give me yeah, a yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. They're ranked too high, but I, I don't think they're dead in the water necessarily. They they back to back weeks dropping forty points on SEC teams. There, there's something going on in Baton Rouge where you know, like week one, we're like, damn, look how garbage this team is, but um. Yeah, ten's way too high for them. I, I will agree with that. Yeah, we're gonna find out this weekend for sure. I hope uh, Alabama makes them pay. All right. Otherwise, the rankings are pretty normal. I mean, you can quibble with them, but I don't think anyone else is really set up to be in a, in a, in a bad position. You know, whether it's Georgia, Tennessee, Michigan, Ohio State, they can win their way in. So I'm not too worried about it. All right, week nine recap: Tennessee a lot, Kentucky a little. Was an ass beating from basically the word go. Um, a lot of people thought, "Hey, Kentucky, they've got a good defense. They've got Will Levis." This was yeah. always the game that yeah. people that after Tennessee beat Alabama, they were like, "Hey, you watch out for Kentucky." I got news for you: Kentucky's frauds. Yeah, Will Levis stinks. Um, G Wiz, man, sixteen for twenty-seven, ninety-eight yeah. yards, three picks, and like he went up against uh, Tennessee secondary that is mediocre at best. So that is. Yep. Uh, very concerning. Um, I think, like, Kentucky, just their identity on offense isn't there this year. I mean, good Lord. Chris Rodriguez could barely get anything going on the ground. It's tough to watch, yeah. but, fuck, on the other side of the ball, I'm getting serious 2019 LSU Tiger vibes from this Tennessee offense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it does feel a lot like that. Like, they're schemed up so well. I mean, Tennessee's first touchdown of the game – 
um, you know, we were watching a friend of the show, Nick Almond, and he was said, Hey, you know, how is, how are these guys so open all the time? And it's just these simple, they, they stack the formation, they run like a bunch and they just confuse the corner and safety in terms of assignments. And they just get so wide open. Just, I mean, the wide receivers are like extremely talented, obviously, yeah. but the, the scheme is so good that, um, it's a lot of fun to watch. And so I, I think LSU is very similar in that way. Like obviously like Jamar Chase is sick. Like he's lighting yeah. up the NFL right now, but that scheme just worked perfectly for them. And like what they were doing was hookers, the perfect quarterback for this. Yeah. Well, what they were doing was that, like they had what both Hyatt and Tillman on like stacking them up on one side of the field. And that way, like that would yeah. draw the safety down to like, okay, I need to be careful of Tillman. And then the, that little swap they would do would just freak out the cornerbacks. And every time you're like, how is Hyatt? Like nobody's around him for 15 yards. Yeah. This is my modeling. Um, definitely something that concerns me with Georgia. We'll talk about that later. But, it, I mean, yeah, Hooker. Why? Is, do they play soon or something? Um, uh, yeah, you can say that. Less than 72 hours, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, Hooker is definitely having – the Heisman front running year right now. This offense is great. Um, Kentucky, uh, see you later. See you next year. I think we're closing the book on Will Levis being a top pick in the draft. And yikes, six whole points. Mm. It's, it's not. Um, you're going to need to score more win games. That's my take. All right, our next game, Ohio State 44, Penn State 31. Ohio State was in hell for quite a while in this game. They were really struggling uh, to, to put Penn State away. Um, you know, Ohio State got up by 10, and Penn State just battled back and just really uh, gave the Buckeyes an extremely tough time in, until the fourth quarter when uh, the Buckeyes yeah. scored 28 yeah. points and said, no, 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 we got yeah. this. Yeah, I, I think um... – like it looked like Penn State was giving us a game for a while, and then, like with nine twenty six remaining in the fourth, uh, they took the lead, and you're like, uh oh, uh oh, and then in one minute and nine seconds of game time later, they were down by two touchdowns. Yep. Uh, just it, it took three and a half quarters for the Buckeyes to show up, and you know Sean Clifford threw two picks earlier in the game, and the Buckeyes couldn't cash in on that. Um. It's kind of, I don't know, like they say Ohio State's so explosive on offense, but I feel like every week we're like, oh, CJ Stroud struggled a bit for a while here. Um, but, I mean, they won. They won big. They cash in on turnovers when it mattered at the end of the game, and that always matters. Um, Penn State's good to Penn State as usual. Uh, cough up the big one against a big game. Yeah. Uh, it's just – Sean Clifford is – I think, like, the you had a perfect visual or, like, idea of what Sean Clifford is as a quarterback because he set the record for most touchdowns in Penn State history after throwing a pick. Mm. Like, after a three-pick yeah. game. You're like, yeah, that's him right there. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, I think Penn State, you know, thank you all you've done, but I, I think most Nittany Lion fans are pretty eager to get Drew Aller in there. You yeah. Know, just, just just start the next chapter. Um, you know, Penn State did, they, they really impressed me by hanging around in this game, um, but they're just not there. Uh, they're just not, they're just, I mean, they're not, your older brother's Penn State team that was like a legitimate top 10 team every year. Um, yeah, this team, is they're ranked well. 
Keith now? Yeah, it feels about right. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, in last week's biggest game, Notre Dame 41, Syracuse 24. Yeah, sure, I sure. told you the Orange were frauds. You didn't believe me, Patrick. I did, I did I not. I will not forget I, this indignity. I uh, I was very against Fighting Irish winning this game. I was I've been I've been high on all the shitty teams being good this year, uh, wagon. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it uh, looks like Notre Dame's found an identity on offense is running with the end ball, and that's it. Uh, Drew, Drew Pine, nine for nineteen, hundred sixteen yards with one touchdown, one pick. All right, take it easy, man. Let's let uh, let's let Audrey Gassamy and then Logan Diggs run the damn ball. Yeah, 56 total carries for the Irish. They just hammered Syracuse all game long. They saw an advantage up front, and they just exploited it. Um, you know, they just said, hey, there's one thing we can do. We can run the ball really well, so let's just do that. Um, and, and Syracuse just had no answer. Um, and then on the flip side, I mean, the first play of the game for Syracuse was pick six. Uh, yeah. Whoops. And then Schrader got hurt, and Del Rio Wilson came in, and he gave him a big a bit of a spark with his legs. Um, you know, he threw for 190 yards, but he ended the day with a 35.1 QBR. Um, he threw a pick. And it was just a lot of like, oh, and then you're just like, he, he came in, he kind of confused the Irish at first, different type of quarterback and Schrader. Um, but ultimately, adjusted really well. Syracuse is just, uh, Ah, you know, I'm going to say it now. Uh, Syracuse, uh, Gary Schroeder came to this game injured, and then they had, of course, you just said he got benched at halftime. If he was a healthy quarterback, Notre Dame would have got blown out. Let's just be real here. Uh, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like Notre Dame sort of handled their business pretty easily. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, this kind of seems like, I mean, if Syracuse is so good, I mean, Notre Dame should be ranked if you think about it. So Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe if they win the big game this weekend, we'll talk talking about ranking. They have a big game this weekend. Uh, a slightly big game. Just a little. Bit. Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right. So that's it. A, a couple quick hitters. We'll, we'll get to them in our studs and duds here. Um, a couple. I mean, Ole Miss beat A and M thirty-one twenty-eight. Just the Aggies misery. One and four in the SEC, and um, it's still bad down there in College Station. <laughs> what can you say? Um, yeah, it was absolutely lit with uh, old, uh, Lane Kiffin just taking shot after shot at Jimbo after the game. Yep. That, that was great. Yep. All right, let, let's get to studs and duds. My stud, uh, Drake May for, for North Carolina, 34-44, 388 yards, five touchdowns, and a blowout win over Pitt. He's quietly having a massive year for the Tar Heels, 2,600, almost 2,700 yards, 71.3% completion rate, 29-3 touchdown to interception rate, and he's only had one bad game against mm. uh, Notre Dame. But then, yeah, he only threw five touchdowns in that game. Um, so, I mean, I know a lot of people are talking about Hendon Hooker, but I'm thinking maybe Drake May ought, ought to be uh, in New York as well. Nice. And then uh, my dad, I'm sitting, in the, I'm sitting in the ACC, Miami and UVA, fellas. Fellas, yeah. What was uh, one? There were no touchdowns in this game. Uh, you may be thinking, how, how did a team get fourteen points if there are no touchdowns? It's because it was 12-12 after regulation, four field goals apiece, and uh, then we couldn't we, we couldn't score touchdowns in overtime. So we get to the two point like that uh, penalty shootout situation, and Miami managed to score once from the two. Uh, Jesus. Yep. 
Somebody take these yep. teams out to behind the shed and just pull the damn trigger, please. Tony yeah, Elliott, good lord. Like, you should be able to opt out of God damn. How like, is I, it? I think you, you, you should be able to like duck your rivalry games. Like EVA still has to play tech. But maybe you should be able to opt out of your other your other t- remaining uh, ACC Coastal games here. This, this is tough to watch. How is it that your best uh, new hire in the <laughs> ACC is Mike Elko? I certainly didn't see that coming. Wink, wink. But I mean, you know, everybody else is saying look, pedigree. Look, look, look at this. Just we got Brent Pry here. We got Tony Elliott here. We got Mario Cristobal here. Turn around these programs. <laughs> They're all trash. Yeah, tough. Oof. Yeah, that this this is a hard watch, and I, I can't believe these teams have a month worth of games left. It's a bad scene. All right, Patrick, who's your dud? My dud is the entire Oklahoma State Cowboys. Um, good yeah, great. what in the world? They got, they got destroyed. Um, this is the first shutout since the 2009 Bedlam game. Um, worst loss in Gundy era. Um, they were spanked by a backup quarterback. Kansas State scored on five of their first seven drives. Ohio, Oklahoma State couldn't run. Um, Spencer Sanders got hurt. They're missing many pieces. I guess that's the reason why they were getting destroyed. But like, there, there's just no way this this happens with a team that we've seen all year long with Oklahoma State to not put up a single point and then just get steamrolled by Kansas State. In, Will in, Howard in, like we the yeah. most puzzling result uh, of of the season maybe. I mean the the loss I could see the losing big I could see but losing and getting shut out is just I mean it's just beyond me I just could not believe when I saw that score. Yeah, um, it, it, it oh. was truly mind boggling. Like it, I don't even like a lot of people were th- thinking that Oklahoma State could make a run to the playoff if they keep you know killing it, but they're done. Like that's yep, you that's can't over. come back from a goose egg like that. Yeah, and now, I mean, the Big 12, it, it might be, the like <coughs> we said, the most competitive conference. I mean, at Kansas this weekend, that's not easy. Iowa State, Oklahoma, and West Virginia. I mean, they, if they want to – if they even want to get to, like, maybe a New Year's Six Bowl or maybe in the Big 12 championship game, they got to figure it out quick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, for my stud, it is a defensive player, defensive end JT – Tui Muluau, um, I probably butchered that last name. Um, he basically went the fuck off uh, against Penn State. He had a pass deflection in the first quarter that led to a pick by Zach Harrison. Um, he had two sacks in the fourth quarter, forcing a fumble, mm-hmm. and one that um, – <clears throat> sorry. And uh, he notched a, 15, a 14-yard pick six to blow up in a 44-24 lead. So this guy just did basically everything. Like, you love seeing, like, a defensive end really take over the game like that. I don't really yeah. think I've seen anything like that all year from a defensive player. So that that was that, – that, that's an incredible stat line. Yeah, I mean, he was – he basically won the game for him. Like, he was – Oh, yeah. It was quite the announcement uh, into uh, the – the world of, of college football by, by that game in, in a huge national TV spot like that. Um, time to get to everyone's favorite part of, of the show. It's fire's ass. For me, it's got to be Dave Clawson. How are you going to let a team have eight turnovers in the second half, bro? 
Oh man, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Holy smokes, dude. Sam Hartman had six turnovers. Oh, three God. picks, three fumbles. Like, listen, I get it. It's a bit of bad luck to lose four or five fumbles. That's not just not, I mean, like, you know, not to make everything about Notre Dame, but when they oh, played Stanford, no. Stanford dropped the ball, put the ball on the ground three times. Notre Dame did it twice. Stanford happened to recover all five fumbles. That can swing a game. I get it. I, I get it. It happens a couple times. You put the ball on the ground five times. My gap. And then you, you top it with three picks, two of which were pick sixes. Um, yeah, that's just bad news. That's I just love, bad news. Like the second half, the second half drive chart, <clears throat> interception touchdown to start the uh, half for Wake Forest. Fumble, next drive. Turnover on downs for Louisville. Fumble, touchdown Louisville. Interception, touchdown. Fumble, touchdown. Punt, punt. Interception, touchdown. Another fumble. Downs, interception, touchdown. God damn, dude. Yeah. We have the the set at the end to make it forty eight twenty one. Yeah, that. Uh, oof. All right, who, who are you firing this week? Um, this week I'm firing. Uh, there was a video that came out of a Michigan player just getting absolutely jumped by the entire Michigan State team. I guess he snuck in the tunnel while they're all walking out talking that shit. And there was like a, a Michigan volun of like employee or tunnel guard or just like standing there wearing a Michigan hat and gear and everything, just watching this Michigan player just get ganged up on doing absolutely nothing and just stood there doing absolutely nothing after the fact. I'm like, yeah, fire that guy, man. Like what, what's going on? He didn't even try to break it up. Like just watching his own player on his own team, just get murdered. He was like, I don't get paid enough for that. No, thanks. Yeah. That was crazy. That fight was bonkers. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think it was Jim, Jim was, Harbaugh's like trying to get charges pressed against a bunch of the players on that team. You're like, okay, man. Yeah. Like, it's it's bad and everything, but also like, what is your teammate like? What is your player doing? Like, what was the goal here with him? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That, yeah, that situation is, is bad. I, I don't know what's going to happen there. I, I can't say if it's going to end well. No. All right, let's get to the week ten preview. We got some big, big games. Uh, oh, Patrick, do you uh, – huh. Number three, Georgia is hosting number one, Tennessee. 330 on CBS. First I've heard of it. Georgia is nine-point favorites. I've, I've seen eight, eight-and-a-half in a couple of places. Oh, wow, okay. Nine-point favorite yeah. and they're three? Huh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. This, uh, this is more bulletin yeah. board material for the dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm comfortable being three. Fuck it, you know. Let let Tennessee, this team that has continually uh, shown us failure, let's make them number one all of a sudden. Um, <clears throat> but uh, this game is going to be a doozy. I will say that it's going to I, like you know Alabama Tennessee was easily probably the game of the year this year, um, and this is a big game too. But I'm I'm not sure that this game can top what happened in um, Knoxville. Um, Playing in Athens energy is gonna be wild. It's gonna be it's gonna be probably the biggest game in uh San, Sanford Stadium history, probably is the big implications here. Um, um Tennessee is a very, very explosive offense. I'm a little bit worried with how uh, weak Georgia is cornerback wise. That's probably their biggest weakness is QB uh, CB depth. Uh, they arguably have one of the best cornerbacks in uh, football, Keely Ringo, but behind that, the, there's just many, many steps below that are the, the rest of the players. So just 
if we're going to stack the box and stop the run, you're going to have, you know, Kalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman one-on-ones. I'm a little worried about that. I mean, they got speed outside. It's going to be tough, but um, can't have, you know, we can't have Cedric Bennett turning over the ball a bunch, multiple picks he has a few times this year. And this, I think um, Kirby is going to have a really good game plan for this. We're running the damn ball really well. Dejan Edwards has really stepped up the past two weeks. Kenny McIntosh is running really, really well. So I I think we'll be able to – As I think if we're able to shut down the run and get pressure on Hooker, Georgia can win this game. But I could also see an avenue of Tennessee just getting up quick and then having to rely on Bennett just slinging it. and It's going to be a tough one. Yeah, I think that's the game state Georgia just can't find themselves in. Um, obviously, this is a very disciplined Georgia defense. Um, they just can't have those uh, coverage breakdowns, those communication breakdowns with Tennessee's receivers, or they will yeah. in a while. We saw it, we saw it with Alabama. Um, and Georgia, like you said, they're not built to get in the shootout necessarily. Bennett's good. The run, the run game that you have um, a zillion options here, including Bennett himself. Uh, crazy legs, Bennett. Rather. Yeah. Um, and, and Bowers is great, but you just don't. And like McConkie's pretty good, but you don't have a Jalen Hyatt. You don't have a Cedric Tillman. No, so, it's all, all of our like speedsters are always injured. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta keep the game manageable. You gotta you you have to dictate I, the type of game you want to play. You can't get into a track meet with. I, I do think that in terms of coaching wise, that Georgia has an advantage here because Kirby Smart himself was a cornerback or a defensive back in college, so he he probably has the best kind of game plan to hope negate um, these pre-snap adjustments that Tennessee's been so successful doing. Um, yeah. I think Jalen Carter's back. Um, and he will do a damn good job shutting down the run game. I think that that's a step up. But missing Dan Jackson for the year, a veteran leader of the defense, a great safety, um, a walk-on as well. Um, just of, I think yesterday news broke that Georgia's top rusher, Nolan Smith, is out for the year with a torn peck. It's a tough, tough loss. Um, so pressuring the quarterback is a little bit of a concern for me. Yeah, But I, I, I think I'm, I, I'm going to get Tennessee the points here. Uh, because there's this offense is too damn good um, to lose by a lot in this in certain circumstance, but it being at Georgia, I'm, I think Georgia's going to squeak by with a win here. Yeah, don't say it. Mm. Don't. Mm. don't don't do it. Uh, <laughs> I think ultimately. I mean, I'm just going to have to go with Georgia. I mean, that's right. I just think, like I said, they're just too balanced. And, like, sure, I I know. I mean, the committee said the reason Georgia's three and not two is because their offense hasn't been explosive enough. But if you look at their schedule, like, when does it really have to be? I mean, they turned Oregon into a grease spot um, in the first game of the season. And they just just kind of roll. I mean, the Missouri game, that that was bad. But – they yeah. just rolled over teams here, so I think they can play with with Tennessee um, on offense, um, and I think I kind of trust Georgia to make a big play on defense here. And unlike Alabama, I think they'll be a little more disciplined and not get r- conservatively five million penalties. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and yeah, being at home just helps a lot with that too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll go. To the, I'll go to the dogs here. I think. 
I'll go against you. I think the dogs cover. Forty-one, thirty-one, something like that. Hmm. I'd be stoked with that. It's. I think when the line line originally came out, it had Georgia like what twelve or eleven and a half. Yeah. I would have taken Tennessee plus so easily on that one, but yeah. It, now that it's down to not eight or nine, it's probably gonna go down a little bit more come game time. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's gonna be a high scoring affair. Um, not nearly as lit as the Alabama UT game, but it's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And then our, our first listener question comes from Nick Carey. He says, how far do you think the loser of this game will fall down the rankings? I think if it's, if it's Georgia, they'll drop to like six. Yeah. Um, provided like, let's say Alabama beats LSU. Everyone will just slide up one. Georgia will drop down to six. Mm-hmm. If Tennessee loses, Depends unranked. on the manner of the game, but yeah, unranked. No, I, th- I think they'll follow the like four or five. Uh, yeah, if it, it depends a lot of ways. If Tennessee gets blown out by Georgia, they're going down to six or seven. I think. Yeah, they'll put Alabama right back in the top four. No yeah. problem. No questions asked. Yeah. They're they're it's, they're so excited to do it. I, I, I agree with you. If Georgia, if Georgia loses this game, they're going to go to where Alabama is right now, six. They'll be yeah. on the outside looking at in the playoffs. All right, let's get to Alabama, LSU, Alabama, um, seven o'clock. It's in Death Valley. Oh boy, we're ready to go crazy for this all of a sudden top ten uh, LSU team. That's oh look at that fourteen or thirteen and a half point underdogs at home against Alabama. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think you, you have to go too crazy here. I don't buy LSU uh, one bit. I know Alabama also hasn't given you too much to buy. <laughs> As we go here, but I think a week off really helps Bryce Young. Um, he's yeah. pretty banged up this season. Yeah. Um, he didn't really have to do too much against Mississippi State, so I think he's going to be really fresh. He's going to be really eager to because I mean because right now LSU is on top of the SEC West, um, so I think Alabama is eager. Bryce Young is eager. Nick Saban is certainly eager to to get them back on top. And like while LSU is having you know a pretty good year. And Brian Kelly's a pretty good coach. I, I mean, to think that they can just come in year one and win the SEC West and, and beat Alabama seems a little crazy to me. Um, I think Jameer Gibbs has a big game here, and I think yeah. I, I think I think Alabama um, wins fairly comfortably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think Nick Saban is sick and tired of hearing about these Tennessee Vols, the, the big loss they took, and. I think he's going to hit the, the gas. He's going to hit the gas against the Tigers, and yep. he's going to bring that momentum back to the Tide and send a message saying, hey, hey, we're not out of this just yet. Like, we're still the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, <clears throat> now, the, the, the LSU, yeah, I mean, you have been saying otherwise, but I, I think the Tigers have been having a solid, decent year coming off back-to-back weeks, dropping 40 on SEC foes, but – Let's be real here. We all want to see Brian Kelly lose, don't we? Like, it's really fun to watch him on the side and looking like a bumbling idiot. It's, it's yeah. great. Um, as much and, as I do not like Saban, I've never really been a big fan of Brian Kelly. He just seems like a complete loser to me. Um, and just, yeah, I, I would love to see Bama blow up. Yeah. And Saban, and take it from me. Saban has a lot of experience making Brian Kelly look like an idiot in big games. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think Alabama proves the point here, much like they do against Mississippi State. Um, I, I think they handle the Tigers, Tigers pretty well, and America can turn its attention to our next game, Clemson Notre Dame, seven thirty NBC. Um, many are saying this is the most important game of the year, Georgia Tennessee, Ooh. whatever. Who Ooh. cares? 
Ooh. Clemson's three. It's only three and a half point favorites. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, in South Bend, which that's what really gives me, makes my eyebrows raise is um, it's been about like this the whole year. And Clemson just, as we've seen, just really has not been impressive this year. Um, whether it was like the shootout with Wake Forest that they had to escape in overtime or, I mean, they looked pretty, they just get like stuck in neutral a lot of times against a lot of teams um, you know, Florida State, NC State, Syracuse. So, but on the flip side, uh, Notre Dame has looked like uh, Iowa level offense occasionally. Yeah, it, I, I agree. Clemson's there. defense is still pretty good. Yeah, and the Clemson's defense is very, very good. Uh, top five in the league and the <laughs> comfortable by far. But I do, I'm going to go on one side right now and I'm going to flip in a minute. Uh, I did doubt the Iris last week. And I'm on the fence of dabbing them again this week. Um, Clemson's become very, very efficient on offense. Um, and Notre Dame just seems pretty streaky to me at times. Yep. Clemson's averaging over 420 yards per game, almost 40 points per game. Will Shipley is a workhorse, um, averaging like six yards a carry. And Notre Dame's given up like 130 yards on the ground a game. So I think Shipley might have a huge, huge game here again. And Clemson's coming fresh off a bye, too. That's that's big. Um, <clears throat> but as of late, Notre Dame's all coming off back-to-back wins against Syracuse and UNLV. Yeah, there's not a great team. Syracuse may be okay. Top Clemson's, 20, baby. Top 20 win. Yeah, yeah, top 20 win. UNLV, not so much, but – Clemson's off two close wins as well, you know, Florida State and Syracuse too. Uh, but those are very, very close wins, and they kind of struggled for a while in both those games. I do think that the Tigers are definitely the most vulnerable top five team to lose right now. And what I've been seeing with Notre Dame the past few weeks, finding that offensive identity and they're really leaning into that momentum, I think the hot streak continues. I think Notre Dame's going to win. Ooh. Yeah, I think I think Shipley and where Notre Dame's really struggled on defense is allowing big plays. Yes. I think Shipley could have a few big plays, but if, if you can limit those to one, maybe two, I think that helps a lot. Um, Clemson just doesn't have those killers on the outside um, that they've had in the past. I mean, they don't even have like a Justin Ross. You know, Antonio Williams and Joseph Nagata, they're okay, um, but they're just not really going to like – torch you like in a way that I think was a real issue for Notre Dame um, the last time they played Clemson in 2020 um, and, and Uyang has just not been good uh, if Notre Dame can rattle them and, and they certainly have enough talent on the defensive line to do that um, I think they could put themselves in a really good situation um, in a really good game state because I mean we talked about with Georgia Tennessee Notre Dame can't play from behind Drew yeah. Pine is not good enough he just isn't yeah. so if they can make Clemson uh, and lucky for Notre Dame I think that's the game Clemson wants to play ball control, uh, defense, run the ball. If Notre Dame is, is fine playing playing that way, they can find some success in one of their three running backs. And maybe, here's an idea, Drew Pine, maybe don't instantly lock in on Michael Mayer every time you, you, uh, you get the ball from under center. Uh, every other throw. Every other throw. Yeah, I mean, we saw Clemson's corners like really struggled against uh, Wake Forest. And Notre Dame has some guys who are young. Um, you're – your Tobias Merriweathers, your Lorenzo Styles, your Jaden Thomases, where it's just like it's time to trust them if you want them to make a play. Um, you know, they're not scrappy walk on Matt Salerno and they might make a mistake, but 
if you're going to find any physical advantage here against a, a very good Tigers defense, you're going you have to take it. Um, I I like Notre Dame to keep it close here. Unfortunately, I just don't think Drew Pine is good enough to win this game. I, I like no, the Tigers. No, I like no, the Tigers no. to cover. Um, okay, damn. something like mm, twenty. 2720, 2721, something like that. Um, okay. I, I, I don't think like Notre going to get like blown out, but I, I just don't think the offense, uh, like I said, it's Pine just isn't good enough. And unless Clemson is just going to decide to not cover Michael Mayer, um, which, hey, maybe stranger things have happened, um, then, then yeah, I, I just don't see a way for uh, Notre Dame to win this one. Yeah. I, I think if Notre Dame comes out in this game strong and, you know, punches Clemson pretty well, I think Clemson's going to struggle pretty heavily throughout the game. It's just going to depend on if DJU and Will Shipley can finish late as of the past few weeks. But I, I just think that kind of play style, it, it always comes and bites a team in the ass after a few weeks playing that way. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> I, I, yeah, like I, I'm gonna take Notre Dame just because I I, I really think Clemson is very vulnerable as a top five team, and I think Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman have been tired of being in the butt end of jokes of late. So I think this is gonna be a very very hard fought game, and Notre Dame squeaks this one out, and that would be huge for the program and Freeman going forward. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move to our next game: Texas Kansas State. I mean, Kansas State fresh off of obliterating Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Um, and Texas's last game was a loss to Oklahoma State, so um, maybe we can complete the triangle here and have Texas beat Kansas State. Texas is like a point and a half favorite. Last I saw, um, two and a half points actually. It's in Manhattan. Um, it's at Bill Snyder uh, Family Stadium. Mm. Do you think is Texas ready to be back and knock off uh, wow. number two in the Big Twelve right now? Yeah, I. I mean. I, I, I'm not gonna. I don't mean like Noah said they're not gonna win this game. I mean like I don't. I hate saying Texas is back because they always never are. But this is a huge. It's definitely a big game for Texas, and I I do think Texas is gonna win this game. I do think that just because Kansas State's gonna be. I, I guarantee Kansas State's gonna be off a hangover win. Like oh, we just beat the piss out of Oklahoma State. Look at us. Look at us. And they still have a backup quarterback in Will Howard. Uh, and Quinn Ewers, I mean, he didn't play well a few weeks ago, but they're coming off a bye week. And I think Quinn Ewers, and when he can light it up, Texas is fun as hell. I just – I think Texas – I think it's going to complete the triangle here. I think Texas is going to be Kansas State. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I just think Ewers – yeah, the bye week, I think it just – yeah, I don't know. Texas just has so many killers on offense. That I, I just yeah. I'm, just, I'm just ready for them to shine. Um, I like the Longhorns here. Um, nothing crazy, but yeah, by like a touchdown, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it's gonna be it's just like all the Big Twelve games, minus you know, of course, last week. But it's gonna be a nice hard fought game. Yeah, the Big Twelve plays defense now. It's the mm-hmm. SEC that is, is running gun. People, yeah. people forget. Mm-hmm. All right, give me give me one under the radar game that you're looking at this weekend's. It's kind of a tough schedule. I, I was leaning on a, a few games here, a few games here, but uh, one game that really stuck out to me is going to be, uh, I think, number – I can't remember what Utah's ranked. Utah versus Arizona. Uh, yeah, Arizona gave USC a game last week. Yeah, Arizona, like, they are three and five, but if you look at their schedule, most of their losses aren't that bad. Like, they barely lost to number 10 USC last week. Uh, they lost by 10 to Washington two weeks ago. They got blown out by Oregon, yes, because that's Oregon. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> but when they, they they they've been playing pretty good football, they're putting up a lot of points in most games. And, and yeah, I think that just proves like how like how hard it is to predict when coaches will be successful. Because when Jed Fish was hired, that seemed like one of the worst decisions I that yes. possibly be made. Yeah, but he's he's got them going in a, in a very positive direction. Um, I mean, three wins he is more just, than I thought they would have for sure. The the way he's operating in Arizona is he's got the team to buy back in. He called in back so many players to enter the portal, come back. He, he's done an incredible job recruiting already. He's gotten so many like big name players to, to commit to Arizona, which is wild. Yeah, and that in the state and on the West Coast is it's crazy. And Jaden Delora, the quarterback for the Wildcats, is quietly having like an incredible year. Like he's playing very, very good football. Um, and yeah. I, I think they 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 might upset or you know really hang tight with Utah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that happening. Uh, my other radar game, it's BYU Boise State. Really, surprisingly, uh, two teams really going in opposite directions right now. Yeah. Um, after like a very good start for BYU, um, you know they beat Baylor. They were two and zero. They were ranked very highly, and then they got drilled by Oregon, which kind of knocked them down. Then they won their next two to get to four and one. But now they've taken four straight losses um, to the likes of Notre Dame, Arkansas. They got obliterated by Liberty. Then they lost to East Carolina. So. BYU, after starting really well, is really, really struggling right now. And then Boise State, the team that had fired their offensive coordinator, their longtime starting quarterback transferred out. This team looked like it was in absolute shambles. Yeah. Uh, they're losing to U, uh, UTEP. They've, they've rattled off four straight wins. Um, and now they're 6-2 and two in the first place in the Mountain West. Um, so I'm just kind of interested to see, can BYU stop the skid? Can Boise State uh, keep keep – rising up um it's a very interesting game something to keep an eye on if, if clemson and alabama make uh, their night games laughers like boise state was a team that i wasn't all uh, i was very down on at the beginning of the year um and you were opposite and like i don't know just i just kind of forgot about them for a while like oh they fired the offensive coordinator they must be in shambles i'm like they're six and two huh yeah. like but looking at their last four wins i am questioning like their record because their last four wins are San Diego State, Friends, Fresno State, Air Force, and Colorado State. All very, very garbage teams. But hey, I mean, six, you know, play your schedule. Six and two. That 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 is big. Um BYU definitely is in a um a big slide. I agree with you. So I think Boise State's gonna get the seventh win of the year. Shit, they might finish out ten and two, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I wonder, like, I know it's Tulane and UCF that are ranked right now, and like you said, a lot of people have just forgotten about Boise State. I do wonder if they could sort of make, like, a, a late run to get that uh, G5 bid for the, yeah. the New York Six Bowl, which I think it's, yeah. like, the Cotton Bowl or something right now. Yeah, it looks like they're, they're receiving votes in, in the AP and the coaches' poll, so uh, maybe they could they could work their way back in there. Mm. Mm, Notre Dame's also receiving votes in the coaches' poll. It makes you think. It makes you um, think. The first ever three loss team in the playoff. Many are saying, um, "Okay, we got one question, then we'll let you get out of here." Um, it's from Michael. He says, "For coaches, are guaranteed contracts still the way of the future, or do you think colleges will go away from that?" Um, obviously, this is in reference to um, Jimbo and that massive buyout that's basically got him locked into College Station. Um, 
unfortunately for the colleges, um, I don't think there's any going back. I don't think coaches, I don't think agents are going to willingly. Yeah. Um, once that, once that contract was signed, every other yeah. agent for coach is like, well, that's the standard now. Like that's, if yeah. you want my, if you want my client to come coach your team, that's a standard all guaranteed. And it's, it's not playing out well right now for every team that's done it. Um, Jimbo Fisher, obviously, uh, look what's happening with Michigan State, um, Mel Tucker. Like, that was yeah. a pretty much all-guaranteed contract. And that might have been a mistake. <laughs> he had a great fucking – he had a great year, and now they are doo-doo butter. Um, it, it's just it's, – it, I think it's going to be like it going forward uh, with new coaching hires. Um, like, Kirby was extended this year. I don't think it was fully guaranteed, but he's going to be a coach there for a long time. But from, like, wherever Lane goes, Lane's going to get a fully guaranteed contract. Yeah. I, I think the only way you see this changing is, like, a, a hardball last year at Michigan or Frost this year in Nebraska where they willingly rework their contract a little bit because they want to keep the job itself. Um, but I don't think – any coaches are going to go are going to like open with being like, you don't have to guarantee my contract. Um, I, I think that's just something that's going to happen, you know, when the tenders maybe not going so well. Um, because yeah, I mean, uh, agents run the sport. I mean, that's why you'll hear a lot of people just like pumping up Bill O'Brien this cycle is because his agent at CAA, it, Jimmy Sexton is just like, I want to get this guy a job. It's time to pump him up. Be like, oh, he could fit at Auburn. He could fit at Colorado. He could fit at this job. He could fit at that job. So that's the name you're going to hear a lot of. And agents run the sport in a lot of ways. And you know, they get ten percent or whatever it is. They're not going to. They're not going to roll back and be like, I don't want a guaranteed five million dollars. So yeah. I think it's here to stay. And as someone who's very pro worker, um, I have to say it's good. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Get your bag. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for bearing with us. Hopefully my voice doesn't sound too terrible. Um, we're rolling in. I mean, this is the best time of the year. Maction started last night. We got two more games tonight. Central Michigan, Northern Illinois. Western Michigan Bowling. Yep. Oh, you, know what, you know what they say. September is for arguing. October is for bargaining. November is making it happen. November yeah. is the college football month. This is where teams are going to be making a name for themselves. Teams saying, I deserve to be in this bowl. I deserve to be in this playoff. Um, yeah. We're shaping up to have a really good month, I think, uh, starting off with a pretty pretty good slate this Saturday. Yeah, and this is also the time of year where between this and the NFL, there's a football game on like every single day from now until like the national championship. So Yeah. Uh, I'm going to enjoy that. Uh, I, I tell you that much. So um, thanks for listening folks. And uh, we'll see you next week. Go dogs.